All right, it's post-Chicago Muskie Expo, and here we are with another episode of Backlash Podcast. I wish we had some amazing guests lined up for you this week, but we don't, mostly because it's been busy. We can't thank everybody enough for their support at the show and online over the weekend, which is why we're short on time for this podcast this week. We came home to a pile of orders. Many took advantage of our free shipping sale for those of you that could not make the show, even some of you that made the show. I know for sure there was guys I talked to at the show, and they still came out and and uh, picked up some stuff that we couldn't have at the show because, unfortunately, our booth at the show does not allow us to bring everything that would be on our online catalog. Uh, many of you stopped out and put your hands on some St. Croix rods and some Bahio sunglasses and uh, Brad and Carrie told me that you stopped over there and, and told them, at least 12 of you that listen to the podcast told you, you know, told them how much they like listening to the podcast, which is great to hear. I'm glad we haven't bored you over the course of, uh, what now I think 206 episodes. This is the 206th and I promise we will return with a guest next week. But today we're going to just kind of make Brad be the guest, I, I guess. I mean, he's our resident fishing expert, so... Brad, Kerry, I'll let you guys have a second here too, and I'm sure you have some thank yous to offer up as well, because like I said, we were blown away by the support that we saw this weekend, and it was very great to see many, many people in person. That is always the goal with these shows for us, and it's always a fun time. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. You hit it right on the head. A huge thanks to everybody that stopped by the booth and actually spent some time visiting with us, purchasing some baits from us visiting to it with us about backlash podcast it's pretty incredible I, it was really cool i was blown away with how many people talked about the podcast and then as well as mayhem's 10,000 cast the the tv show that i've been working on with chase gibson i don't know i was uh to be honest with you i was dumbfounded you know the chicago show had been kind of questionable over the last i don't know how many years and i'm not questioning it anymore um the people were there the people supported us and uh it was really cool to see I mean, I'll be honest, coming into that show, we had no idea what to expect. I mean, last year, obviously, we're we're dealing with a different set of circumstances from this year to last year, but things were different last year, and, you know, the crowd was, eh, it was okay last year. I mean, it was, we'll say it was, like, borderline acceptable, and then, obviously, this year, I mean, it was a completely different crowd. I still don't know that we're quite to the, uh, you know, pre-pandemic-type levels at shows, but it was certainly very good to see many faces out there, and it was also good to talk to many new anglers in musky fishing and and that was fun i mean it's 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 always great to introduce new people to the sport and i feel sorry for them in some sense because they're just getting started on what can be sometimes a very rewarding and frustrating journey but once you put a musky in the net there's nothing like it and that's why you continue to do it yeah i would agree with that 100% jeff you know the crazy part is and i talked to several vendors about this but there was a ton of new people and and it's exciting like you said to see these new groups of people coming into the sport in some ways you know i think our sport is somewhat of a revolving door but there's those the ones that really really truly get ingrained into the sport and i think uh that's the beauty of it i mean over a period of years you get to see some new faces and it's always nice to meet new people yeah, I had some people tell me that they would like us to put out podcasts even more frequently, which I don't think is ever going to happen. Maybe, 
you know, we did that week in April last year, and maybe we'd pull something off like that again after show season. We'll see what comes of that. I haven't really even thought that far ahead, but I did have a couple people that listen to Backlash podcasts, and they don't realize that they could find another podcast. That'd be my Team Rhino Outdoors Musky Fishing Podcast. So if you're bored and you're looking for a little bit more listening this year, go check that out. It is not updated very frequently, just to let you know. So you definitely want to subscribe to it so that you don't miss an episode. But there's some more for you to go check out. And uh, I talked to manufacturers. In fact, Brad and I have been talking for a while now about, you know, doing one on the mini grenade because we just basically talk about baits and, and, and gear. We don't talk necessarily to guides too often, but, you know, that may or may not change. But it's not a very up, it's not very updated, you know. I think the last time I did one was probably three weeks ago, and before that it was probably three months ago. So if you're looking for something else, uh, all the same platforms you find this one, would be the Team Rhino Outdoors Musky Fishing Podcast and you know, hopefully Brad and I will have an episode out uh, soon enough talking about his newest bait, which was, that was a hit at the show too, Brad. It's been a hit online. It's been a major uh, player in the musky fishing game for the new products for this season. So that was great to see too. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't you guys have a, a you know, talk about it a little bit on this last episode of Mayhem's 10,000 cast as well? Uh, we did. We talked more about the regular grenade, you know, the original. Um, I believe this coming week's, TV show will have the mini grenade on it and a regular grenade as well. I don't remember, Carrie. <laughs> they kind of all blend together, and I'm still working on the tail end of all these shows, so I, I kind of forget because uh, I just got so much on my plate. But, you know, the grenade was uh, kind of shown this last episode last weekend, and uh, I believe the mini grenade kind of makes its first uh, show next Saturday. So, you know, the cool thing about it is we had tons and tons of success with the grenade as we prototyped it a couple of years ago. Last year, we introduced it to the public and we heard from the customer they wanted a smaller version. And guess what? We we did that. Yeah, now we just need to work on, you know, you getting an even smaller version yet. Wink, wink. <laughs> well that's been done too <laughs> i uh, i don't know when that'll be available but uh we've done it um remarkably enough we've uh we've made some tiny ones that guys are catching bass on they're catching muskies on them and uh it, it's pretty remarkable what that bait can do and, and it's you know primarily what the whole focus in my opinion with the grenade is is you're able to put blade baits in the face of muskies where they don't normally see a blade bait. You're gonna get down deeper in the water column. It allows you to ride that bait right down a brake line, almost as if you're working rubber or maybe a dive and rise. You can get the depth out of that bait that you can't with any other bucktail. Definitely uh, something, a new cool tool for people to check out. And I know you can get them from, you know, muskymayhemtackle.com. And of course you can get them from teamrhinooutdoors.com. We have a few options that you know, nobody else has. So if you're looking for that mini grenade, check it out in both those locations. And, you know, Brad, the other thing too is I know we talked to St. Croix Rods last week. We talked to <coughs> Gavin and Ryan from them. And I got to tell you, we had them in our booth and it's amazing how many people want to stop by and actually just touch the rods. I mean, we, we sold, you know, a reasonable amount of rods at this show, but just the sheer number of people that want to, like they see it and they have to touch it. It's pretty amazing to see that too. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I, I know I walked quite a few people over to your booth and, and let them actually put it in their hands. The one thing that's remarkable is when everybody sees it, they kind of question, mm, I don't know, you know, 
we've all been like adjusted to just having a trigger on your rod. And when you look at the grasp, you, you kind of think, man, that might be a little bit big, especially if you're seeing it, say, in an ad on paper, or maybe you're seeing it online, you know, on a, a visual picture, it kind of looks bulky, it looks awkward, but once it's in your hand, it's it's totally a game changer. It truly, truly is. And I think it was great that you had a reel on one of your rods, because that allows people to really get a good feel of exactly what it's going to feel like when it's in their hand. I can tell you this past year with guiding and just fi filming and fishing with different people, they all looked at it and went, nah, I don't think I want to go that route. And I, I push them, you know, I I'd influence them to try it. Within 10 to 20 minutes, they all look back at you and say, I'm getting one of these. I mean, it's that big of, of a game changer. It's going to help you with fatigue. It's going to help you with reel and rod torque. The comfort, it's right. You know, it, it's the perfect, perfect way to fish. You talked about I had a reel on there. Yeah, but Brad, I failed. Remember one of the episodes I talked about potentially having a Tranks 500, and I definitely dropped the ball on that. I dropped the ball on a lot of things, honestly. Well, I mean, at least that. And then you and I had talked previously about doing like some, because we always have that, like the show stay open until 8 on Friday, but usually by like 7 to 8 time period, mm -hmm. it's a lot slower than 5 hours previous or whatever it is. And so we had talked about bringing some podcast equipment and, you know, setting up in your booth and just, you know, BSing. And if somebody walked by that we had interest in talking to, or if there were some people around that had questions, we could record that kind of live almost. So hopefully uh, we can maybe try that in the Milwaukee show. But uh, I dropped the ball on that. I was too busy with that. And then, um, you know, we had snow in the north on Thursday. So we had a one day earlier travel. We usually travel on Thursday morning. So we traveled in a little earlier, which was nice. We got in there a little easier, a little easier, you know, quicker setup and stuff like that, which, I mean, thank God that we did because we literally made it, you know, show opens at 2 on Friday. We were, I think it was like one fifty-five when we hung the last sign. So we we needed all the extra time we could get. But so I dropped the ball on that. So hopefully for the Milwaukee show, we can do that and we can bring that Tranks 500 so guys can feel what, that, that, what that's like too because uh, we just had that, um, that 13 fishing you know, the Concept A3 reel, which is much smaller than like a 500. So I want guys to be able to feel what that's like too. Well, I'll tell you this, Jeff. You know, the, the Trans 500 is an unbelievable reel, but everybody experiences the same problem. I don't care if you're an experienced angler, a novice, whatever it might be. The Trans 500 kind of sits a little higher off your rod and it's big and bulky and it ends up being kind of awkward. And then the torque that you put on that handle as you're retrieving the bait, it definitely throws that reel back and forth, left to right. And so you feel that in your rod. And over a course of the day, there's definitely fatigue. The ergonomics of the grasp pretty much eliminate all of that. And, and <laughs> if it's on a rod and they actually put it in their hand and feel what that might be, they're definitely going to be blown away. It truly, truly is remarkable. And, and like I said, when, when somebody puts it in their hand in the boat, they're totally blown away. But I think you get that same feel and that same concept of what I'm t discussing right now in the booth, just holding on to it. You're going to find that comfort zone. And the interesting thing too, Jeff, is that everybody kind of gets a different way of how they actually handle that rod. There's guys out there that palm the reel and I'm one of them. And I still use the grass while I'm palming that reel. It's kind of weird. I, I can't even really tell you exactly, but when I'm palming my my thumb is going to be on the top of the reel and then i think i have my pinky and ring finger 
or holding the grasp. I think my middle finger is still kind of holding that grasp. And then I have my pointer finger kind of pointing forward on the reel or on the rod, depending on which reel I'm using. You look at the next guy, they don't palm the reel, they'll hold the grasp itself. And then the next guy has one finger on the grasp, some have three, some, I mean, so it's always, it's a weird deal where you find that comfort zone and it's definitely going to make a difference. And for anybody looking to get their hands on one, we have them online. We will be, you know, reloaded here shortly. I already had to place an order with St. Croix for the, you know, to reload the website and also to come to Milwaukee. So Milwaukee would be our next uh, stop. And that would be actually, it's in West Bend, much like, you know, the Chicago show isn't actually in Chicago. And Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like the 17th, 18th, 19th. Is that what it is for dates for that show? Do you remember? Yeah, I believe so. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's uh, not on Valentine's weekend anymore. I know that always used to, you know, kind of screw things up. Last year, it uh, involved or interfered with the Super Bowl, even though if any of the local teams aren't playing, it's, I mean, most of us still, you know, spend some time watching the Super Bowl. So last Sunday was, or last year, Sunday was a uh, much slower deal. So they moved it off Super Bowl weekend. They moved it off Valentine's weekend. I think Valentine's is a Tuesday. So take your ladies out to dinner on uh, Valentine's Day. And then they'll free you up the following weekend to come see us in, in the Milwaukee show, which is in West Bend. And, I mean, I got to tell you guys, I mean, I'm sure that you, you'll 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 probably agree with me, is that I didn't know what to expect coming into Chicago. And now I'm going like, hmm, was show season going to be pretty good? Or was Chicago a, uh, you know, it, was it just a fluke? And so it's like um, my buddy Kyle, who helps us in the booth, he said, well, We'll find out if this was just a uh, a fish that happened to be, you know, like outside uh, the uh, weed bed and we just happened to catch it or if we're onto a pattern. <laughs> so we'll see if this is a, you know, a, a fluke fish or if we, if we got a pattern going for show season. It'll be, it would be very cool to see many, many, many people come out to that show as well. Cause I mean, we love, I, I love talking to people. I mean, I, uh, I've already gotten a few things, ideas on colors and, and different baits that we should be looking into. And that all comes from feedback from these shows. I mean, a lot of people won't offer up feedback via email unless of course they have an issue with us. And occasionally that does happen. We are human. We do make mistakes once in a while. And so people have problems with us or they just want to yell at us because the post office took too long, which is also a problem. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. So we get a lot of feedback at these shows and we're already starting to put some of the, those plans into action. Yeah. And, and that feedback can be negative or positive, Jeff. And, you know, the only way we're going to get better is if we hear some of the negative as well. So hopefully we, we don't hear a lot of it because we're already performing, but you never know. <laughs> and, uh, and that goes with the TV show that I'm working on. Um, always trying to make improvements. And I think it's important to, uh, to understand what that looks like with the consumer. That's the beauty of the shows for sure. So Jeff, you know what I found that was so most amazing about the Chicago Muskie Expo? How many people came up to you and asked you for an autograph? Yeah, how many people actually listen to you too and, and <laughs> actually hear what you say? Many, many people that asked for my autograph. Before the show started, I had at least two, which I counted, but I didn't count. And the actual official customer that was first was a young man who was, I'm going to say, under 12 years old. So that was really cool. That is pretty cool. Well, first of all, I got two comments on that. It's really cool that they came out and asked you for an autograph and that it was a younger gentleman that did that. 
And it's really unfortunate that they listen to anything that Brad and I have to say. <laughs> it's, it's actually probably more unfortunate that they listen to what I have to say versus Brad. Brad is, he's the brains behind this operation as far as the fishing knowledge comes. I don't know that we'd get an episode out every single week if it was up to Brad, but we would have far less fishing content if it wasn't for Brad. We, um, we, have, we have some extremely loyal listeners, though, which is really cool. I had one listener, I mean, I had many listeners comment on the podcast and, and thank us for doing it and say we listen every week. But I had one listener who actually went as far as bringing me panfish baits, Jeff. It was the <laughs> highlight of the highlight of the show for me. So I'm super excited to uh, get rid of winter and try them out. Don't encourage her behavior. That's all I have to say. Stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was it was really good, and I did get asked for my autograph multiple times every day of the show. But yeah, the the official first one was was a young man. I'm gonna guess he was around ten. What's it? I think we gotta do like a scavenger hunt. Like I gotta hide an item in your in your booth for. Uh... You know, for the next one, and have them go scavenge around for it. And if they find it, then uh, if they're the first person to find it, then they'll win something. We should do that too. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should do that. Okay, well, give me a week to think on that. Maybe in the next week or so. I don't want to do it right before the show and give everybody a uh, a heads up that quickly. Although I kind of did last last time also, but I they had to go back and dig through some episodes in order to find that information. But yeah, anyway, so it was it was a good time. I think we'll just about put the. Uh, Put it a wraps on that. You know, if you're, we've, we say it every episode, but you know, we don't, we don't make a single penny off this, this, uh, podcast unless, you know, we get support from our customers. So we can't thank everybody enough for that. And so if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventures, if you're starting to gear up for this year, you can see us in Milwaukee, but you can also, uh, check us out online, teamrhinooutdoors.com and muskymayhemtackle.com. And if you haven't been to our website recently, we have, Lots of new stuff on there. We already mentioned the mini grenades, but we've, um, I finally actually have the hurricanes up. I mean, I had them up, but then I didn't push the right buttons. So then maybe people weren't able to find them, but those are out there now. Might actually have to reorder, I think, because those have been, it's odd, Brad and Carrie. That was a, a bait that's been around for a while, but, you know, it sparked new interest in it with, uh, you know, both the chase catching muskies and then also you guys catching them on film too. So that was pretty cool, but. We can swing back to that in a minute, but we're looking for uh, shallow diesels. We have some of those, and we'll be restocking on those pretty quick. We got some sweatpants, and I think, Carrie, you, you might be vouch for those. Those are pretty nice. I acquired a pair this weekend. They're quite comfortable, and yeah, I liked it. I like them a lot. So hopefully you'll see those online shortly. I don't know. I mean, it's literally Tuesday, and the podcast comes out on Wednesday, so maybe you'll get those up there. We got some shorts. Uh, let's see here. We got some new styles of Bahio sunglasses. I'll have a couple new colors in Medusa's online shortly. We got the IC12s from Musky Frenzy along with the 8-9 spinner baits. Like I said, we got the mini grenades, the hurricanes, and some micro wagon dragons. And if you don't see all that stuff now, you will see it very soon because now that we got the first show, bye-bye. It'll be time for me to start getting everything updated on the website. And so, Carrie, I'll let you take over. You guys want, I mean, I know that you guys have... Tons and tons of stuff on your website, and I'll let you maybe give a brief description of that before we talk, man, and we should probably talk a little bit of fishing with Brad here. Brad knows how to talk fishing? I mean, I, I think so. He's kind of the, you know, he's he's the brains behind that department over here. I'm just some idiot. That, I'm, I'm just some idiot that gets to fish once in a while. 
<laughs> you're just some idiot who records a conversation. Exactly. That's it. I just sit over <laughs> here and listen to Brad talk and try to write notes about trying to help me catch one. So I know these guys talked about the Milwaukee Muskie Expo, and that is probably the next one that both of us are at per- in person. Um, but that being said, the Ohio Muskie Expo is this weekend for all of you guys out east. And we do have a small representation in the Stealth Tackle booth. John's kind enough to bring our stuff, a few things with him. So um, I think he's got kind of the, he's got a small representation, but it's the newer stuff. I believe he has mini grenades and he's got some hurricanes. I think he's got triggers and maybe some detonators. Does that sound right, Brad? Yep. Yeah. The, the cool thing that we, I guess, we do with John, um, first of all, he allows us to actually have some representation at some of these different uh, venues that shows that are going on across the East. And, you know, primarily it's because we just can't travel that far. But John does a great job. And if you need some leaders, definitely check out Stealth Tackle. John Betty's a, a great guy. And um, we will have that product there. The reason the Hurricanes are there, Primarily is because of show number two that we did with Man's 10,000 Casts. We caught some fish on hurricanes, and it's an awesome, awesome bait. But I want to I wanna explain to people, they have a life expectancy. Don't buy that thinking you're going to use it for the next 20 years and it's going to hold together. There is a ton of vibration. There is a ton of things going on with that bait. And it's like any other normal spinner bait. You will break the arm eventually. I want, I want to forewarn everybody. And, and, but with that being said, um, I'm comfortable catching five to 10 fish on it without having it break. It's not a trolling bait. I got asked that a lot this last weekend. You know, people look at that and they say, man, it's just so big. I don't know that, you know, I could manage throwing it. It really doesn't pull that hard. There's a lot of commotion going on. If you're fishing dirty water or you're fishing after dark, it's a must-have bait. The other thing that's unique about it as well is it does get more depth out of that bait than you do with a traditional blade bait. So what I'm talking about there is there's a big old lead weight on that on that shaft. And the reason it's not molded to that shaft is, again, to help premature wear out not happen. Whenever you mold a spinnerbait head and you have lead molded to the uh, to the shaft, it's a breaking point because that all that fatigue goes right to that weight. And so that's why it's loose on there. Um, it's a remarkable bait. It's one that I primarily don't enjoy building. So we never really push it. And uh, it kind of got forgotten about by a, a lot of anglers. But I will tell you, Chase found it in the shop. And the next thing you know, he's using it all the time and catching fish on it all the time. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. We're going to be building hurricanes like none other. But for good reason, because it is a fish catching machine. There's no question about it. I do like to forewarn everybody. It's not a lifetime bait. I just want everybody to understand that. I like to be completely wide open and frank with everyone. I don't want people going, well, that thing, I mean, I got five fish on it. It broke. Well, they will break. It's just part of the... Um, the design, it's, it's going to happen. So I want to let everybody know that. So John Betty, Ohio show, he'll have hurricanes, mini grenades. I don't think he has any of the standard grenades. I know that there was a ton of interest. We've heard from a bunch of people, hey, can we get mini grenades at the uh, Ohio show? 
And uh, so they will be there. And then as well as uh, the trigger detonator and maybe a couple other baits. So go check out Stealth Tackles booth in Ohio. If you're looking for some AM product, it's going to be there. You know, let's back up though once on Stealth Tackle. We can kind of maybe have a little bit of fishing discussion here. So the other new product that will be on our website shortly would be his new solid wire trolling leaders. You know, I know we've talked in the past about like uh, wire line and things like that. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, if you were running like a floral uh, trolling leader next to a, a wire trolling leader, if there's a difference in fish catches, because I'm told I don't have any experience in it exactly yet. The wire is going to offer up a little bit of a sing. I know uh, a couple of guides out in Green Bay, they actually switch up to wire leaders over floral leaders if the water's dirty. You know, Brad, since you have far more experience on the water than I do, have you had any experience, good or bad, with either one? Yeah, actually, if you jumped in my boat, you would see that I have probably more wires than I do fluorocarbon. And I do that casting-wise as well. I pretty much casting, I hardly ever use a fluorocarbon leader. I don't think it's necessary. The one thing with fluorocarbon is if you get nicks in it, you need to change it out. It's definitely something that you got to consider. I used to do a lot of fishing, say 25 years ago, in some rock water where, where we're fishing large splines under the water and you're bouncing your crankbaits off of rocks. I would encourage anybody that's doing that, go pick up some wire leaders. And I think I maybe had a little bit to do with that with John because I use a lot of wire leaders. I like them, one, because of what you just said, there's going to be a different hum a little bit of a noise to that bait it's almost like using steel line you know you're going to get some sing and now that sing isn't real apparent unless you're using a lot of speed and you're trolling but they definitely have a different sound honestly I, i've had them in my spread for 25 years and i definitely don't see a difference between the floral and the steel and keep in mind i fish a lot of clear water jeff so Definitely something to check out. Um, he's going to put another twist on that next year, and I've already been playing with it and uh, had tons of success with that. So that'll be interesting to see what unravels in the next 12 months as he introduces another product. But uh, definitely go check them out. Put them, in your, uh, put them in your boat and start using them. I mean, that's the bottom line. They definitely are going to work, and you don't have to worry as much as you do with some of the other types of leaders, such as the floral carbon. So Brad, let's go down this this a little bit because it's another question I got in the booth this weekend, and that was snaps versus split rings. When you uh, when you're changing out baits and you know on your leaders or whatever, what are you using? Are you using snaps or are you using split rings? Yeah, I still use the Staylock snaps. Of all the years, Jeff, I mean, I, I've fished with a lot of people that that use the split ring, and if you're going to use a split ring, make sure you buy the right leader. And what I'm talking about is that leader needs to have a steel ring at the end of the leader to put that split ring on. Otherwise, you're going to find that uh, just the leader material itself, you're going to have those split rings walk off. And basically what I mean by that is, is that fine wire is going to get underneath the, the edge of the split ring and it'll eventually walk off. I personally have not had any major disasters with my stay locks. And that's thousands and thousands of fish. I've had them open, Jeff. They, they sometimes, if you, especially with your casting stuff, you're going to have a fish come down. It's going to chomp on that bait. And for whatever reason, it might open. 
So make sure you check that after you put the fish in the bag and take your pictures, measure, do whatever you're doing. Make sure you look at it, inspect your leader. But at the end of the day, I have not had a failure. So, so for my preferences, I'm a stay lock guy. And the reason I am is they have not let me down yet. And I like the opportunity to make a quicker change to a different bait when I want to. And uh, the stay locks provide that. And, you know, they have that. <laughs> I don't, maybe I should even discuss, Jeff the the fact that you when you close your stay lock you go through the loop and back around so if it opens no the the ring is not where you attach that that stay lock you go all the way back to the other side of the leader and that ring is a safety feature so if it does come undone the odds are that it probably will get hung up on that ring if that makes any sense at all mm -hmm. i just want to let people know that if you go on our website the the leaders that you would use for if you're if you're one of the people that want to put a split ring on on all your baits would be uh, solid rings is what you're looking for. That's what you those are the leaders that you're looking for. Like Brad had mentioned, if you use just a leader and then you use a split ring, you know, just that wire material is so thin it'll end up eventually it'll it'll walk itself off those split rings as well. So make sure you use solid rings is what you want to use. Yeah, absolutely. And and a little tip I can give you if you're one of those split ring guys you can go get yourself a little tiny piece of Velcro, a Velcro strap. Uh, there's no good way to bring your line back with your leader. You can just literally take it to the foregrip and Velcro your line for when you're transporting or moving spots or whatever you want to do. Um, if you don't have a bait on your rod, guess what? You take that little piece of Velcro, you wrap your leader right on the foregrip of your rod, and you're set. So... I've seen a lot of guys do that. It's a handy way to handle that. Otherwise, what do you do with it? You know, there's no way to connect it back to your rod keeper, line your lure keeper on your rod. Yeah, I just brought that up because I know, I mean, I have a handful of guides that they're using, they they swear you got to use solid rings with split rings on your baits, and that would be, you know, Hanson and Van Remortal. Both those guys are the same way, which, you know, it's all personal preference, right? I mean, whatever you want to do. I find that I've never really had too many issues with stay locks. I'm knock on wood. I can't recall even ever having one, but that doesn't mean it's there's that failure isn't possible, but just uh, something I brought up seeing as though I, I get asked about it in the booth and you know, it's kind of what we do is we try to provide some information. Obviously this one isn't exactly packed full, but we try to bring you something to help you catch another muskie. Yeah, definitely Jeff. I mean, it is a personal preference and I think, uh, if I had seen some of those issues over the years, I would probably switch as well. Um, I know I fished a ton with Billy Beekner back in the day, and, and he was one of those guys that does the split ring thing. He had some failures at some point. Um, another thing that I could add is if you are using stay locks, when they get shiny silver colored, it's time to change them because they're getting weak. So... As long as you keep your eyes on, on that kind of stuff, whether it be floral carbon, you're checking them and inspecting them, you're looking at your stay locks, you're probably not going to have a failure. I'm probably not the best one to talk about that because if you jumped in my boat and you looked at my stay locks, they're usually pretty silver. <laughs> but, do, you, do you carry the replacement clips, Jeff? Uh, we don't right now only because they've been in short supply. You know, We usually get our stuff from Stealth Tackle on the extra stay locks. And so he has, I mean, that's one of those supply chain issues that still hasn't worked. It's all the way, all the way out. John hasn't been sending out replacement packs because he's like, I need them to build leaders. So 
it's something that should be mostly worked out at some point yet this season, but typically we would carry them, yes. So, Jeff, you know, you mentioned Bahio sunglasses, and I know you had them in the booth, and I believe you sold some. You know, one of the things that I'd like to talk about there is I, myself, and I said this quite some time ago, I was a Costa Del Mar guy. I wore Costas for 25, maybe even 30 years. I truly believed in their product. And the crazy part about Bahio is the creators of Costa are now the creators of Bahio. Um, they sold the company and uh, they decided that they wanted to jump back in. And so they created Bahio. Every stinking person I've talked to that has bought some or they've tried mine on or maybe even uh, Carrie left a pair in the boat or whatever and I let them use them for an hour. Well, like somebody stole them. <laughs> but it, it's remarkable the difference. Um, the quality there, the lightness, even their, their glass glass lenses definitely are lighter than i would say costas are there's something weird about them and I, I don't know exactly what it is i can't put my fingers on it but definitely allows you to find fish following your baits way quicker than i i would say with costas and that's pretty remarkable in my mind jeff i know you started wearing them as well what's your thoughts i mean now that you've had them for a season i'm, I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are on it I like them. I'm not going to just say it because I, I sell them, but I have, I don't even know how many pairs of them I have now, Brad. I've played around with different lens colors and, and, uh, different frame styles and all that stuff. In fact, recently, I know, I mean, I told you that they came out with that new Vega. So the Bales Beach was the one I really liked the most. I liked the nippers, but I liked the Bale, Bales Beach a little bit more. And then they came out with that new Vega and I know you played around with it a little bit at the show. I mean, what's your thoughts on the new Vega style? Cause I think that's, that might be my favorite one. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, I have a bigger head. So, you know, the, the Bales Beach is what I'm wearing currently. And I am all about, when I look at sunglasses, I want to make sure that I have zero light penetration under for sure. And then also on the sides. And what I'm talking about is when you're standing in a boat, you're looking into the water. You have reflection from the sun as well as the water. And so having light penetration come up underneath the bottoms of the frames is definitely not good on your eyes. You're, you're not going to be able to see as well if you have light penetration at all. So that is my biggest consideration. The fit definitely is part of the function. And so you want to have them tight against your face. And the side, you know, as far as the side of the frames, you definitely don't want as much light coming through that way either. But uh, that's all a personal preference, and it's basically on how your face is. The new Vega frame that you just got in, how do you explain that, Jeff? It's kind of like a hinged limbs. Um, they kind of fit comfortable right from day one. And I will say that I did like the way they did not allow light penetration, and I think that's a big key part in picking out what sunglasses you want. Now, that can cause some problems. If you don't get enough airflow behind them on those hot, humid days, you might start steaming up your glasses. But uh, I'll take that over having light penetration, put it that way. So I did like the Vegas. They, I'm going to probably have to go that route at some point here. Yeah, they're, uh, those frames are spring-loaded on the side. So they, like you said, they fit you know, they're not so they're not quite as tight. The Bales Beach, I think, are a little bit tight to start with. They kind of stretch out a tad bit. 
But, I mean, we'll be transparent about it. Carrie didn't like them because they didn't fit tight enough. The Vega didn't on her on her head because, you know, they kind of do have that stretch on them. Right, Carrie? Yeah, my cheeks are too big. So every time I, like, smiled or whatever, I push my glasses up, and then I get more light penetration. I mean, the whole point of wearing sunglasses is so you don't have to squint, right? So I do – the Veils Beach fits my face better. But – that's a challenge, Jeff, and I don't know if they have anything on their website to try to help you understand. I believe they do. Um, I haven't been on their website for a bit, but I do think that, um, you know, having the opportunity when you go to the show to be able to try them on, I would encourage anybody that's looking for new glasses, definitely check them out. And I've worn them all. I mean, I, I've tried Molly Gems. I've tried Smith. Um like I said, I landed on Costa and I ran for a long, long time of my life. And I was very skeptical to try these. But once I did, I, I definitely feel like I have better vision into the water. And that's that's huge if you're a muskie angler. They are the, well, even I'm looking at the Bahio website and one of their selling points is the clearest lens on the planet. And they are definitely the clearest lens I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. My glasses sometimes get really dirty, whether it be dust or water spots. And um, I get quite irritated with these versus some of the old pairs that I used to wear. I could wear old pairs dirty. And with these, it's like I notice it instantly. It's really strange. Maybe that's because my eyes are starting to fail, too, at my age. So who knows? But definitely something to check out. Uh, you know, I'll recommend if anybody's in, interested in them or you're in the market for them, you know, definitely stop out at a show. We have all the popular, most popular brands of their stuff for, you know, musky anglers there in the booth. And you can, we even took the cover off the, uh, off the, you know, the glass panel or whatever in the front there to make it more accessible. We didn't want people to feel like they couldn't touch the glasses. So we, you know, we pulled the, or we didn't, Kyle did. He likes to destroy things. So he took the front cover off the Bahio glass display. So come out to a musky show and check them out. We still got three more stops to go. We kind of do the whole Midwest tour and, you know, try on a pair if you're in the, in, in the market. Even if you're not looking to buy now, at least you, you kind of know which model or which frame you'd be interested in if you were looking to purchase down the road and, you know, ask us some questions. We're there all weekend long to do that. I mean, literally the only reason we go to shows for the most part is to talk to customers. So, you know, stop on out and, and check them out. Our next stop, obviously, like we've said multiple times, is Milwaukee in uh, what three four weeks? Uh, three and a half, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I don't want this thing, this podcast, to sound like an info commercial, but I definitely think Jeff that uh, I would encourage everybody to check them out. That's for sure because uh, I'm I wore them all this last season. I'm dumbfounded. I truly am, and I think uh, whenever I see something that's interesting, I definitely want to share it with the consumer because. It makes all the difference in the world. If you have a good product, it's definitely going to help you put more fish in the boat. It's going to bring your awareness up, and uh, those glasses are one of them. I think it's too late, Brad. I think we already infomercialed this whole podcast. I mean, we've been talking about products and shows and whatever for 41 minutes, so I think I think we kind of missed the boat on that, but that's all right. I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to do today, and if people aren't into it, that's all right. They can skip it. We'll come back with some hard-hitting, musky content next week. I guarantee it. Absolutely, Jeff. It's, um, I don't know, it's tough when you come, you know, in the middle of the winter like this, what do we talk? And yeah, we, we could probably come up with a few topics that uh, definitely benefit some people. And I know we will following up after this one, but uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I think it's, 
an opportunity to kind of button up the show, if you will. Yeah. We, uh, we listen to a lot of people and I guess we're kind of expounding on that as well. I agree. And, but you know, there's, I've also talked to a few people, Brad, that are going to be, I mean, cause with the mild weather we've had in the Midwest, in fact, I heard the Fox chain had opened up like on that Thursday when we were setting up or whatever. So, I mean, there are opportunities where musky anglers are getting out fishing and they're not having to travel, you know, necessarily too far South. They're still able to do it. I mean, I'd say somewhat locally. And so I've had a few guides and stuff I talked to over the past week, they're fishing, you know, Southern Illinois. And so we should be able to get some, you know, actual people on pretty soon that are fishing. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I can't say that, uh, we have any open water up in my neck of the woods, but, uh, it was pretty interesting on our drive to Chicago where we kind of hit the no snow line and it was, uh, just a little West of Madison and, I'm like, oh my God, there wasn't even frost in the ground from everybody that I'm talking to. It's quite remarkable. But if you guys think that uh, that it's not cold across the country, come visit me. It's uh, plenty cold up here. Yeah, it was four degrees when we got home Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was pretty much the same. It wasn't four degrees, but it was much cooler than we've noticed all you know, so far all, all winter for the most part, we've had a couple stretches where it was cold, but not very much. And I mean, it's, it's good. You know, we're almost through January. We got, I think maybe, what do we got? Do we have another podcast in January? Yeah. We probably have one more maybe. And then we're into February and then we're like the home stretch is, is not far along. So we're going to, you know, we're going to be fishing pretty soon. We're going to be talking to musky anglers that are on the water pretty soon and getting everybody psyched up for another season. And let's just hope 2023 is a great musky season. It certainly started out with a, with a bang this past weekend in Chicago. You know, one topic that was brought up not too long ago, Jeff, and I don't remember which episode, but somebody had asked me if I thought that we were going to have enough snow cover that the weed growth might be uh, pretty bad in the spring again. And I would say that we have tons of snow cover on the ice and lots of slush. So light penetration into the lake right now is probably not real positive. And so I have a feeling a lot of our weeds are going to die over this winter and we're going to start from ground zero, kind of like we did last spring. So just kind of wanted to highlight that as well. Sure. All right. Well, if nobody else has anything to add to this episode, I think time we wrap it up and I can put this one together and make sure that we have something out for Wednesday. Cause I know there's enough people that are driving around for their jobs and they look forward to you know, Wednesday morning, and hopefully we didn't disappoint too much this week. Well, like I said, we'll return to our normally scheduled programming, you know, for the following week. In fact, I put Carrie on a mission to go try to track down a guest for next week. Already, I'm on it. Yeah, I had no doubts that you wouldn't be on it already, Carrie. I know that already. I give you a mission, or, and uh, it gets actually taken care of, unlike if me and Brad have missions, sometimes we <laughs> fail. Uh, depends on the mission. If, if it's about you two going fishing, well, then it's, then it's a done deal. Right. You know, I think sometimes, Carrie, you're, you know, like we obviously, you know, have, you know, kind of joke a little bit about you being on the podcast, not enough, but that doesn't mean that Carrie doesn't work behind the scenes. She's still one of the uh, most valuable, if not the most valuable member to this podcast. Brad and I are just, you know, here, I guess, for good lucks or something. <laughs> we're eye candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody sees us when we record this, that's but right. that's what we're here for. <laughs> but if, but if you did see us, it's, very positive. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Jeff, maybe the Backlash podcast should do a Facebook Live one day and then they can see you. 
Well, I kind of thought maybe if we pulled our stuff together from Milwaukee, we could Facebook Live it as we record it right there so people could also chime in that way too. It would be a, you know, maybe like a 45-minute deal. We'd start it at like 7.15 and end it at 8 o'clock when the show ends over and just Facebook Live it right from your booth at the show. We we should really consider doing that. I would tell you we can do it after dark, you know, after the shows are over, but I know how that happens. That would never go down. Well, that gets, I mean, people would definitely get dumber too. If there's anything like this last weekend, you'd definitely get done. <laughs> yeah, well, I only was mildly involved in that because, like, the first night I actually worked until whatever, like, one thirty in the morning when we were all talking stupid. Um, weren't you supposed to do that this this weekend at the show, but somebody forgot all his equipment? Yeah, yeah, somebody was. Mm-hmm. Seems like okay. a, seems like a good idea. We should really do it. We got at least two more chances. Hopefully, I'll remember from Milwaukee. <laughs> I feel slightly better about the Milwaukee show because it's the second show. I've already got a lot of stuff packed up and ready to go, so it's not like I need to do everything all over, kind of got things together. So I think it's going to happen, this show. I feel pretty good about that. we got to make that happen because it would be fun to do Facebook Live and get some feedback from some you know, from some, some of the listeners and, and uh, potentially somebody even walking by at the show or, and we could maybe even pull in a, a vendor or two if possible or something like that. Obviously, we can't make it super long because... We do have people we need to take care of when we're there, but usually that seven to eight o'clock hour on a Friday night isn't super busy. Yeah, I think it'd be fun, Jeff. And I, I think some of the listeners could even have some input and involvement in that. And I think that might excite them as well. Definitely something that we should try at least once but uh, and see how it goes. I got a quick question for you, Jeff. When you bring in new product, how do people find it on your website? I know that you make announcements on Instagram and Facebook and what have you, but if they go to your website, is it right on the front page? Because I believe it is, but I, I just wanted to know. Usually, if if it's a brand brand new product, I use almost always pull it to the front page. Now, if we updated colors on a product, mm, sometimes I'll bring it to the front page, but not always. You know, so guys that have to poke around. If they know of a name of a color, you can use the search function. I believe it's on the left-hand side if you're on a desktop. I'm not exactly sure where it is on mobile. But anyways, if you do that, you know you can search up for whatever you're looking for. That's how I noticed that people weren't finding hurricanes because I got a search, I got a notification on my website that people were searching for a certain product, but they weren't finding it. And I was like, why not? I have it up already and it's not there. So that's how I noticed that. But yeah, I usually, if it's brand new, I usually pull it to the front page at least for, uh, I don't know, a couple, three, four weeks, depending upon you know, how many new things we add. So certainly, you know, scroll down the front page. That's your best bet to find it. And uh, listen to this podcast, subscribe to our, like us on Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, that's where you're going to see new colors. And I also, if you haven't already, you know, make sure you get our newsletter because I usually put out a, new, a newsletter, you know, that'll highlight new color products as well. Because, I mean, we've, we're, we're at, this is a time of year where we add a bunch. I get people that say, oh, well, you're going to have show colors. Well, not necessarily show colors, but we definitely update our color pattern a lot, you know, about this time of year. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, we just want to thank everybody for, again, for their support at the last Muskie Expo. Thank you for their support online for our free shipping weekend. I know Muskie Mayhem thanks you as well. And we will catch everybody with a brand new episode next week, Wednesday.